This is the Signs of the Times Commentary, a look at the world from around our kitchen table. Well, we're back around the kitchen table for a third time, and as we mentioned last week, tonight we have with us Darren Williams. Darren is the creator of the Pentagon Strike Flash animation that was released in August of 2004, and that had a success, I think, that that quite astonished him. It has been seen by well over 300 million people by now. The Washington Post had an article about it, and one thing that we noticed was that the mainstream press that had been so carefully avoiding any discussion or commentary on what some people call the 9-11 truth movement, after the Pentagon flash, Darren's work, the mainstream media was forced to come out and start talking about it, if only to debunk it. My name is Henry C., and tonight I'm with Scott Ogren, another of the editors of Signs of the Time. So, Darren, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. As far as I know, this is the first interview you've given. It is. Why is that? I've been approached by several mainstream media news networks to do an interview. But I've seen other 911 researchers interviewed, and they don't, they don't allow them to put across the important points uh, that would help people understand the situation. It's treated rather like it's uh, some sort of sensationalist story that's um, a little far out there and um, not worth investigating. So I chose to wait until an opportunity came up that allowed me to present my point of view in a more balanced way. And actually, uh, we sort of saw a little bit of that with the, the major media in the, the Washington Post article. Uh, actually, we were, we were kind of surprised that the, the Washington Post article was uh, as respectful as it was, if you will. But at the same time, it seems that the mainstream media still has to you know, get their little digs in here and there and that they, they can't really treat it with uh, the, uh, the degree of seriousness that perhaps even they would like to. So that's, that's certainly understandable. Yeah, you'd think that uh, there being a conspiracy, to use that emotionally charged word, within the United States government uh, and within elements uh, of the Israeli government to attack the United States, to set up the program that they have been implementing in the four years since, you'd think that that would generate a certain amount of questions on the part of uh people who call themselves responsible journalists. It, it certainly generated a lot of questions among the, the American people and, in fact, the world population because we get all kinds of messages, people asking questions, and it seems that people, they do have questions and they do want to ask these questions and they do wonder why the, the mainstream media doesn't answer them. Well, the, the point is the mainstream media has had the information that was in the flash since 911. I just presented information that's been available for the three years prior to the presentation and tried to do it in a, a, a more balanced way. Well, when was it that you started having questions about the events of September 11th? Um, well, actually, I watched the um, 911 attacks on television, and for a short while, I accepted the official story. It was only when a program on a British network discussed the collapse of the towers, the pancake effect, and I was like, yeah. So I went online and looked up more information on this and came across a few articles that were basically saying that this pancake effect was um, fantasy. And um, so I followed that up, did the research, and it led to coming across a video of Bush at Booker Elementary School 
and watching his reaction, having been told that a, that a plane had crashed into the um, World Trade Center. In fact, he, it, in subsequent public appearances on two occasions, he said that um, he watched it on television as he was waiting to um, go in to meet the children, that he saw the plane hit the tower. Yet when he went into the classroom, and it's on video, he was laughing and joking as if nothing had happened. And for me, um, that was uh, quite shocking to see, a complete lack of empathy or any connection to what had happened. And the other thing, of course, is that when Bush went into the classroom that morning, the first plane had hit the the World Trade Center, but that was not broadcast yes. because they didn't find the video of that until much, much later. And the first one to, to be broadcast was the second plane hitting. So I was curious if he had seen if this is true and he wasn't just making it up. And, with, of course, with Bush, it's, it's hard to know. But if it's true that he'd seen it, it means that he knew about it in advance or his Secret Service people knew about it in advance. Somebody knew about it in advance. Absolutely. I, find it, I just find it interesting, his reaction more than anything. I mean, he's president of the United States. He's watched a plane fly into the World Trade Center, and he doesn't – it's as if he hasn't even watched it. And – that's for me was a good indication of the sort of people that you've got in control of the country. They don't care about the people at all. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because on nine eleven, here you have Bush and he's in a classroom and supposedly he doesn't know about the attacks, and he's informed of them. And for all he knows, there could be, and for all his his Secret Service detail knows, there could be more planes flying around. Mm-hmm. And so his his reaction, obviously, that he was simply going to sit there and continue to read a book to children is in stark contrast to what has happened since then. I mean, Dick Cheney was rushed to a bunker and uh, carried down the hallway and all this, and, and here Bush is, and he's just sitting there, oh, you know, let's let's read the book to the kids. Yeah, because at that point, how could they know that there wasn't going to be an attack on the school? And in fact, Bush's appearance there was highly publicized, so it would be ridiculous to assume that the so-called terrorists wouldn't be aware of of his whereabouts and that in fact a plane could have been aimed at the school where president bush was okay so you say that the initial fact that uh, that got you interested was this pancake effect that i think we all noticed this mm. the way that the towers came down it was as if it was a controlled demolition and it it seemed quite improbable which is not even looking at the fact that these are the first towers of that kind of construction that have been brought down by fire, the only towers to date that have been brought down by fire. Mm-hmm. But you made the flash about the Pentagon. I've spent about two and a half years prior to making the flash researching this. And for a while I was, I had it in mind that I was going to do something. And having looked at it, all the information, the Pentagon is by far and away the the open door, if you like, for this event. And it's got so much supporting evidence to suggest that it wasn't Flight 77 and the Boeing 757 that hit that um, seemed like the only natural choice. Maybe for some of the people that have yet to see The Flash, and we'll be putting up a link to it from our website. We'll give you that information later. But for those who haven't seen it and who maybe don't know anything about what happened at the Pentagon that day, do you want to you want to go over some of the evidence that, that made it what you, you call an open door? The one thing I wanted to do before, I mean, uh, there are some great flashes on the um, Internet at the moment, but they tend to deal with the politics, the left and the right, uh, Bush, 
And anybody who's spent any time researching 911 will know this isn't about politics or left or right. This is about something that is far more sophisticated. I mean, the idea that Bush and his gang came up with this is, I mean, they're complicit, as is the media. But the idea that they concocted this, it's not really um, viable hypothesis. This has been in the works for a long, long time. And so I wanted to present something that was um, politically unbiased. It was just presenting the facts um, and giving the information that hadn't been presented in the mainstream media, that the mainstream media were well aware of. And this covers photographs that were never published in the mainstream media of the Pentagon shortly after the impact, showing the intact lawn, showing the cable spools right outside the impact zone that were undamaged, lack of debris, apart from one piece of debris that was had what looked like American Airlines markings and in pristine condition. What's, what's interesting about that is that's the piece that even within the so-called 9-11 truth movement, there are people who get very irate when you raise the, the idea that it wasn't Flight uh, 77 that hit the Pentagon, and they keep coming back to this one famous picture in that piece of debris. But what is very interesting about that is even the photographer who took that picture doesn't claim that it was a piece of Flight 77. And the Pentagon doesn't even claim it was a piece of Flight 77. Not, not to mention the fact that a, a plane consists of a lot more than one tiny piece of aluminum. As it stands, there is absolutely nothing uh, that these people can come forward with that specifically identifies Flight 77 or Boeing 757. I know I first came across this idea that it wasn't uh, Flight 77 from the book that... Uh, Thierry Messin, published in uh, March of 2002, that has since been translated into English as The Big Lie. And on the cover, he has uh, the photo, and, and in his subsequent book, uh, Pentagate, and you see the facade of the Pentagon before it collapsed. And this is one thing many people don't realize, is you, they've seen the, the photos of the facade of the Pentagon with a, a section collapse, but that collapse didn't happen until after 10 o'clock, which is over 20 minutes after mm. whatever hit hit. And before that, the, the facade is intact, and you see a, a hole in the facade that's not more than 16 feet across. Yeah, and I think perhaps you can put collapsing quotes there. <laughs> Good point. So seeing these pictures of the, of the facade with a 15-foot... 16-foot hole in it, and absolutely no no debris in front of the building, no damage to the lawn, and the initial reports in the Pentagon were saying that the plane had touched down prior to hitting the, the Pentagon. And you see these, and you just go, this doesn't look like photographs from any, any airplane crash that I've ever seen. I, I find it um, amazing that a plane quoted in the ASC report and according to the NTSB, the National Transport Safety Board, um, that the plane was traveling at um, the equivalent of 530 miles per hour. And according to the interpretation made by the ASC of the supposed Pentagon video footage, a few feet above the ground. And yet everything in its path, I mean, there are, there are eyewitnesses that weren't quoted in the flash saying that it was just six feet away from them. They could almost touch it and it flew right over them. Yeah. If anybody's ever sat in a car by the side of the road when a or motorway on the hard shoulder when a car's gone past at 70 miles per hour and the way it rocks but can you imagine something of that volume of a 757 traveling at 530 miles per hour what it would do to you do to your eardrums and yet there were no reports of of any wake or jet blast or anything along those lines raising the question of the eyewitness reports is uh, fascinating because 
when you come down to it, the eyewitness reports are really the, the bulk of the evidence that the people who argue that it was Flight 77, their argument in a large part starts and ends with the eyewitness reports. Well, that's true, but what they don't mention is that, in fact, people didn't specifically say they saw a Boeing 757. A lot of people said they saw what they thought was a commercial aircraft or an American Airlines plane. Now, as far as I'm aware, there are only a handful of people that specifically mention the type of aircraft. One of them was, uh, wasn't was sure whether it was an Airbus or a Boeing 737. I think there were a couple like that. And then there was Tim Timmerman, who said it was specifically a 757, and then he went on to say that it crashed into the ground just before hitting the Pentagon, which we can see from the photographs it didn't do. So I think we can see that um, from that, eyewitness reports are very unreliable, but what's more likely that someone would mistake a, a 757 for a, a small aircraft or a missile, or that someone might mistake a small drone that's flying at 530 miles per hour above their heads as a 757. Well, it's obvious that the people that pulled this off had the wherewithal to take some sort of a, of a drone, pack it with explosives, and paint it up to make it look like an American Airlines a commercial liner. I mean, we, we've run on the Signs of the Times page a, a picture of just such a craft dressed up to, to look like a, an American Airlines commercial craft. And besides that, you have the fact that people had seen and were to see after the fact that image of the second plane hitting the World Trade Centers over and over and over and over again. And that just leaves an indelible mark. And so you associate plane flying in, American Airlines, uh, commercial airliner. So then when you go back to the Pentagon, yes, it, it seems logical that it would also be a commercial airliner. But if you've got a drone that's painted up to look like it, people will see it for being a, a commercial airliner. And we also can't rule out some people that maybe have been planted or aren't entirely telling the truth. Um, either way, you know, saying it's a missile or a, or a 757, that's the, that's the problem with violence reports. Um, I mean, it's quite straightforward to paint a, a drone. It's also quite straightforward to have someone say something didn't really happen. Especially around the Pentagon, where everybody associated with the Pentagon is associated with the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower put it, and they all have a certain vested interest in what they're saying if, if they're not being specifically paid to spread disinformation. And you know, we've had uh, article uh, comments on the, the Pentagon strike up on the site for quite some time. And after, after your animation came out and we put it up, we started getting a lot of people writing in claiming to be eyewitnesses. And we had the most outrageous kind of things being said. And there was one person who wrote in who said she was there and after the crash, she, she saw the tail of the airliner sticking out of the front of the Pentagon. And, you know, it's like there are absolutely no photos of any kind of plane sticking out of the Pentagon whatsoever. So obviously this is somebody who is being paid or is hallucinating or who knows. And, and plus we're told that the, the entire plane was disintegrated. It, it burned in the jet fuel. And so, of course, this is why there was no wreckage. And how, how does the tail of the plane melt and you know, completely vaporize if it's sticking out of the facade of the Pentagon? It just doesn't add up. And then you add to all of this the fact that you have alleged terrorists flying a 757 who the instructor at the flight school said could barely fly, piloting a 757 at 530 miles an hour, a few feet above the ground, and slamming into the Pentagon. And making maneuvers, that are, getting into position to do that, that were 
complex enough that the air traffic controllers in Washington thought that it was a military craft. Exactly. And then it crashed into the side of the Pentagon that just happened to be reinforced. And, of course, if you're a terrorist and you want to cause the most damage to the Pentagon, you're not going to fly into the side of the building. You're going to crash into the top of the building. You're going to try and hit multiple rings. And of course, we have people who email us and say, well, the reason it didn't cause damage was because it flew into the reinforced section of the Pentagon and the whole plane folded in on itself. Darren, what do you think are the most important points about everything that happened at the Pentagon? The thing is about the Pentagon attack, there's a lot of information available, eyewitness reports and pictures, if you go looking for it. And so it wasn't difficult to make every frame contain some useful information, which was what I like to see in a flash. And when you're when you're making the flash, uh, did you? I guess lots of people write us and they say, "Well, you didn't you didn't give any proof. Hmm. You know, you, you didn't provide. They want answers, and they didn't get the answers that they were looking for. All they got was questions. I wasn't out to convince anybody. It's entirely up to the individual to do their own research. I mean, there are people who will be referred to that link who do not really want to know the truth. And so you have to bear that in mind when you do a flash. So by asking questions, you can still give information that mainstream media has failed to provide, but you can do it in a way that will allow anybody walking away from that presentation to still have doubt, and if they're not interested, to not follow it up and, and their life hasn't changed and nothing's changed and their worldview is exactly the same. But there is enough in there for people who are interested to do their own follow-up research. Um, and there are people who have said that it is biased that that I only present one point of view. But I'm only giving information that the mainstream media has failed to provide. So in a sense, they've been particularly biased in their reporting. Well, I know. I mean, that's such an outlandish kind of a, of a criticism to make of it when you think of how... There's been absolutely no reporting on any of these questions at all in any of the, the major media for anybody to accuse you of having not being objective or, or something like that is just so absurd. The question that we've probably received the most from readers, from people who have seen your your work, you know, they'll say, Okay, I mean it's it's very nice, very well done, et cetera, et cetera. But uh if flight seventy seven didn't hit the Pentagon, then what happened to it? And and more importantly what about all the people? What happened to all the people on the plane? Yeah, I find that question quite interesting um, because if people entertain the idea that this was carried out by a faction of maybe the military or Navy and they don't mind flying planes into the World Trade Center killing thousands of people, then I hardly think it's going to be a big deal for them to dispose of a, of a plane that happened to be in the air by either landing at an airbase and doing whatever or crashing it somewhere. And, and there's there's a, a good deal of evidence to suggest that Flight 93 was shot down over Pennsylvania. And so you already have a, a precedent, if you will, that they don't mind killing civilians. And in that case, uh, we have theorized that perhaps uh, that plane was shot down because the people began to take over the plane and regain control, and that couldn't be allowed to happen. Because uh, you would have had a plane of people that could say, well, gee, it wasn't... Uh Arab hijackers who with had taken cutters. over with box cutters, they could have given a completely different scenario. Yeah, but, and that seems to be the the thing that, that people have the most trouble with, is the idea, you know, you can present all this information and all this data that shows that it was not a 757 that crashed into the Pentagon, and 
people will accept it. But what they have a very difficult time accepting is the fact that their own government would actually kill people because what it means is that the Flight 77 was shot down, it landed somewhere, and the people were killed. That presents a, a rather steep emotional barrier for people to get over. And yet if, if the facts point in that direction, it's horrible, yes, but if that's the truth, then that's the truth. And when you look at what various intelligence agencies and military of the United States has been willing to do over the years in terms of killing people from other countries, uh, the question then comes down to why would they treat their own people any different than anybody else? And this seems to be one of the barriers for people. They think that somehow because they're Americans, they're safe. And it's very, very important for people to understand that the crowd that's in power now in the United States, the neocons, they don't have hold human life with any value. They are quite willing to kill whoever they need to to accomplish their aims. Exactly. And well, we have we have our Cosmic COINTELPRO timeline, uh, which is uh, an interesting title for an even more interesting uh, compilation of historical facts. And included in this this timeline are a number of events, uh, including various operations carried out by branches of the U.S. government, uh, the CIA, FBI, the military. And included in the list is the use of, of U.S. prisoners in uh, radiation tests during the nuclear testing back in the 50s. And there are documented cases where Various uh, U.S. agencies released chemical weapons, biological weapons in U.S. cities back in the 50s to trace what kind of effects they would have. Mm -hmm. Boats, uh, military ships traveling through uh, by coastal areas, cities that were on the coast, they would release an aerosol of some chemical or biological agent, and then they would actually provide care, quote-unquote, for the people who lived in the city, and they were checking up and to, to see what effect it had and using the American population as guinea pigs. You can check this out for yourself by going to the Cosmic COINTELPRO timeline on the site, and we'll give that address at the end as well. So moving along to our next question for Darren, there are a lot of people in the 9-11 truth movement who say that it was a 757 that hit the Pentagon and that it was not a drone and that, in fact, this whole debate if you will, over the was it a plane, was it a drone, is irrelevant and is of no importance and that we should stop looking at it. And even worse, that it's disinformation trying to set the 9-11 truth movement one against another. So what would you say to to people like that? Well, these these people originally were suggesting that something other than a 757 hit the Pentagon. Um, because I visited their sites, and as soon as I put up a link on the Pentagon Strike website to Signs of the Times, that changed. And I have since been back to those websites who now have done a complete U-turn on the whole evidence, um, or tried to, and then try to muddle the waters even further by um, trying to start infighting in the so-called truth movement, which suggests that these people aren't really after the truth at all. And I've read the articles on your um, website which give further details on who these so-called truth seekers are, which are turning out to be, it looks like, counterintelligence people. One of the things that that occurred to us after the Washington Post article came out 
I mean, the Washington Post is a major newspaper in the United States, and it's in the Capitol, and it's read by people like Dick Cheney and Karl Rove. One of the things that occurred to us is that perhaps Karl Rove and Dick Cheney have actually seen the Pentagon strike. Yeah, maybe they've watched it, but I'm, I'm sure they just think it's some sort of humorous, entertaining little animation that isn't going to stop their um, plans or anything. It's been almost a year since the Pentagon strike came out. Are you working on anything else? The next project is going to be something that's not dealing with 911. There are a lot of other activities going on that deserve attention. And some of these activities are the reasons why, the, as you referred to earlier, people in the 9-11 so-called truth movement have changed their minds on the Pentagon because they're trying to distance themselves from, from the ideas that we're putting forward as being the ultimate truths about 9-11. It's important that that information get out to people because they're certainly not going to be getting it on CNN or on Fox Getting down to the real issues that are involved here, there are very, very, very few people who are willing to confront that, so we'll be looking forward to seeing what you're doing. Yeah, do you, do you have an estimated uh, time of arrival for this next project? No. <laughs> when it's done. <laughs> so you've, you've got the same kind of jinx that a lot of authors have where they don't want to talk about a work in progress. Exactly. Non-anticipation. Well, then to find out more about it, you'll just have to pay attention to the Signs of the Times page because I'm certain that when it's done, Darren will let us know and we'll let you know. Well, that's about all for this week. We've been chatting with Darren Williams, the creator of the Pentagon Strike Flash Animation. Anyway, this, we could go on talking about this for many, many, many hours because there's just, you know, we're only scratching the surface here. But it's going to be up to to our listeners to do the work for themselves, as Darren said earlier. It's just you can't take any of this on anybody's authority. You can't take it on his authority. You can't take it on our authority. You've got to go out and you've got to do the work yourself so that you know what you're talking about because the issue is just too important with what's happening in the United States now. This week, the House of Representatives has decided to extend the Patriot Act indefinitely. Bush is setting himself up as a little dictator who is accountable to no one. He now has the power to throw you into jail forever, throw away the key, and never have to bring any charges against you. This is serious stuff that's going on, and it seems to us that people in the United States just aren't aware of of how serious it is. They, the, with the Supreme Court, uh, Bush's Supreme Court nominee, who is expected to be, uh, well, we expect him to be confirmed. So there's a, a creeping totalitarianism that's coming into the United States, and it's the heat is being turned up one degree at a time. People get used to one small change, and then they get used to another small change. But after four years, there has been a rather immense change in life in the United States, but many, many Americans don't recognize it, and even those who are against Bush don't see the gravity of it all. You know, Darren was able to tap into something with the Pentagon strike animation, by putting it in a form that made it available to, as we've said, over 300 million people. And, and not just available to them, but uh, accessible, if you will, uh, in a, a way that the majority of people who watched it would be receptive to the ideas. Yeah, it, it is a really, really well-made presentation. And this is part of its power, and this is why people like the Washington Post had to come out and say something about it. So thank you to Darren. Thank you. 
and maybe we'll get you back some other time to go into these issues in a little more detail. Next week, we will be back, and we'll be taking a look at uh, what's been happening in the news. We've got more developments in the London bombing, including the bombings that happened just this week. So, Darren, again, thank you for joining us, and our website can be found at www.signsofthetimes.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.